Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore. I'm your co-host, Andrew McPeak, and our mission here is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Tim, I'm excited about today's conversation. Me too. It's a hot topic. Yes, it is, especially right now. It really is. So many people are talking about it. It's AI. More particularly, we're talking about ChatGPT. I know uh, AI is showing up in a lot of different places, but that's kind of the one that's sort of risen to the top. In fact, I think it's grown faster than other many other applications that have become famous, and it's become a really big topic lots of people are talking about. It seems like it popped up almost overnight, at least in my head. Yeah. First, you're seeing it on television, yeah. on broadcast, podcasts, and so forth. And we just felt like today, listeners, we'd love to give you just a bit of an insight in case you haven't thought thoroughly about this, and maybe even a game plan if you're an educator or a parent, yeah. or just someone that cares about the next generation. Yeah. That's what today's conversation is about. So looking back, I think everybody will have a story of the first time they heard about ChatGPT yeah. or the first kind of memory that sticks out in my mind, you had a really interesting one because you were talking with a friend who was just at a conference yeah. and got a really powerful experience as to what this stuff could really do for us. Yeah. So my friend Don uh, attended a national speakers convention uh, out in the West Coast and loved it. Yeah. But he said, you won't believe this. He said, the first guy that got up to speak smiled, held up his latest book and said, this is the latest book I authored, or should I say co-authored? And he began to reveal that he had written it with ChatGBT. Wow. That's what everybody said in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> because it's all new still yeah. at this point. This is several months ago. But um, he began to talk about the fact that this author had put in information uh, into the software, you yeah. know, and ChatGPT came back with this book. Here's the style. Here's the tone. Here's what we want to say. Here's some insights. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's an accumulation of insight from... All of human knowledge, basically. Yeah, yeah. So the book title, you know, is is uh, I don't even know what the book title was, but it's co-authored. But at the back, he you you found out it was all tongue in cheek. Okay. I mean, he even has endorsements on the back cover. This is the best book I ever read, Alexa. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> so he was the other technologies fun. that are yeah. But he was revealing this is possible to author a book, send it to a publisher, get published. And he didn't actually write the book, just gave some inputs. Yeah. And this chat feature came back. Filled in the gap. So he found out very quickly that there are publishers that are putting a moratorium on authors that might use this yeah. device because there's moral implications. Yeah. Did you write this or did someone else write this? Yeah. And possibly future legal implications. I know there's a That's lot true. of talk right now about our, our different websites and companies going to mm -hmm. start keeping track of when ChatGPT takes something from their site. There's musicians like Rihanna that are saying, hey, you just created my voice and I don't, yeah. you know, it's it's wonderful and terrible. Yeah. It's wonderful and terrible yeah. at the same time. And we're, I think, in the middle, it's fair to say, I think we're in the middle of the moral panic stage yeah. on this yeah. technology. And it's not the first one, right? Yeah. So a lot of times it's easy in a moment to think, you know, sort of chronocentrically. It's right. like, this is the craziest thing that's ever happened. And yeah. it is pretty crazy. Yeah. I will give you that. But if you look at the history of moral panics, you know, you've got the the radio in yeah. the 1930s yeah. that we thought this thing is, this invading. is horrible. It's invading our homes and taking our children. Uh, there was, of course, TV in the 50s and 60s. Um, I just listened to a podcast about the moral panic around Dungeons and Dragons in yeah. the 80s, right? I that was a big that. one. Video games come around in the 90s and, and then there's cell phones and then smart smartphones in the yeah. 2000s and 10s. Yeah. So uh, it's not the first time something has come out and we've gone, oh no, right? But we will. We do have to admit in some ways, ChatGPT is a little different. Well, I remember in the fifth grade, there was a parent-teacher 
meeting and conversation going on, should we let kids use calculators in math class? Yeah. Now, yeah. We, oh, are they going to learn how to compute to do, do, you know, do math equations? And really, that was a big deal. But if you think about it, that was an, an, an older iteration of the yeah. same conversation. Yep. Will, will our skill sets drop if we have a machine do it yep. for us? Well, now calculators are on our phone. Yeah, Thank they're you very a dime much. a dozen. Yeah. That's right. And somehow we made it past that. Now, I will argue sometimes our muscles shrink if we don't use them. So maybe I'm not as good at calculating math with a calculator in my hand, but I'm repurposing it for other things. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out if this chat GBT becomes something that we make a tool rather than a weapon. Mm. I always quote Kevin Kelly, an author that I just really admire. He's brilliant, yes. He said, smart technology advances so quickly, it outpaces our ability to civilize it. Mm. So this conversation, we're not the most brilliant people in the world, but yeah. we want to help you civilize this new yeah. feature. In a lot of ways, we're just sort of slowing down and going, what are we actually talking about? Yeah. What does the conversation look like? And what advice, you know, ultimately, of course, you're going to give us some advice on how to yeah. handle this, at least in the early stages of where we're at right now. So. so for listeners that maybe say, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. If you haven't yet heard of chat GPT, GPT, sorry, you, you ought to look into it. You can Google and find all kinds of, of articles and yeah. descriptions on it. But it's a new app from OpenAI, a Silicon Valley tech company, that's heralding it as a game changer. Unfortunately, it may not be changing the game for the better on all fronts, yeah. like a kid in school that yeah. goes... At 11.59, I'm going to put some inputs in this, get this paper for history class, and I didn't Turn have to- Turn it in at noon, you know? That's yeah. right, yeah. yeah. So chat GPT enables you as a user to input information and almost like a vending machine. I know mm -hmm. that's an overspeak, but yeah. almost like a vending machine, out comes the solution you requested absolutely free. Yep. A paper for school, yep. a report for your boss. Yep. Uh, a document that collates the data on a problem and reports it succinctly, which yeah. I think could be very helpful. Very helpful. Saving you time. Absolutely. In fact, you just told me when it first came out, didn't you put in some things? Talk about that real yeah, quick. Yeah, we've actually, was... I mean, we use it around the office a couple of times. Yeah. Sometimes as a joke, I remember one of our teammates, Cam, said, I want you to write a song about, you know, from Tim Elmore's voice yeah, yeah, talking yeah, about this. Yeah. And we had a great time with that. But uh, one of the things we've used it for is to kind of begin brainstorming on a topic. So yeah. if we said, hey, we want to talk about 10 benefits and 10 drawbacks to a teenager having a smartphone. ChatGPT yeah. will collate some information. And what we found is it's not a great end result, right? Yes. You're going to get what you're going to get when you use it, which is typically not super polished. But what we found is it's a great way to sort of begin the conversation. Yes. Um, and so it's been interesting to kind of explore it and see what it can do and what it can't do so yeah. far. Well, it is stunning. And, and it's only going to get more accurate as the tool evolves and more information is put in. You will have the accumulation of human knowledge yeah. in, in a device. So um, listeners, you probably already spotted the ethical implications of this tool, Not even hard to without see. us. Yeah. yeah. So one of our team members that I just love um, has a couple of teenagers, mm -hmm. her own kids, and one goes to a private school, one goes to a public school. Yeah. And after this became a thing, she was talking to her kids one night, and her daughter said, who goes to the private school, oh my gosh. We've already had a student meeting with the entire student body <laughs> talking about the moral implications and the ethical drama that could happen and this will get you in trouble. And they were warning him like, like the kind of talks I remember hearing on marijuana when I was a freshman in yep. high school. Don't do drugs, dare and all that stuff. That's yeah, right. So she came that. back home for dinner and said, wow, I'm never going to touch that. It sounds awful. Yeah. Her son, my friend's, our teammate's son said, oh, 
everybody uses that at my school. We're, we're writing, you know, writing papers with it and so forth. So one daughter, one, whatever kid said, no way. The other one goes, always, yeah. you know. And I don't believe that the teachers had even been talking to them about no, it at the public No, they hadn't. School. In fact, they didn't even have language yet. It was yeah. so new. So the kids pick up on technology. Excuse yeah. me, listeners. Quite quickly. A little bit more quickly than we do sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes. So we've got to stay on top. Of it. Even if you don't care as much about you staying on top of technology yeah. for the sake of this next generation who we all believe in yeah. and say we love. We've got to stay on top of yeah. it. So here's my question, Andrew. Yeah, please. Is this a tremendous help or a Trojan horse? You see what I did there? You should say that again. Okay. I liked it. Is this a tremendous help or a Trojan horse? And it could be either one. That's some double alliteration there, folks. Thank you That's for spotting really that, good. Andrew. I, like that. I appreciate it. So if we can tame this artificial intelligence, it represents, I believe, an incredible help for our limited scope and capacity as people. Yeah. Our brains aren't everything. They're yeah, good, yeah. but they're not that good. Uh, businesses can succeed more quickly and with fewer expenses. Uh, taming it will help us in the fields of business, healthcare, law enforcement. Think about law enforcement yeah. with this tool. Um, and, and just a whole bunch of other industries. But if we fail to tame it, uh, this tool could serve as a Trojan horse for a younger generation who already sees the possibilities of essays written in less than a minute that could earn them better grades. Yep. I mean, I might have been tempted as a junior higher or a middle schooler, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And if those students feel the essay is too well written, they can request that chat uh, GBT create a new paper at a lower grade level. Yeah. Write it as an eighth grader, you know, for this. And it'll just crank it right out. Yes. It's quite amazing. So I, I think it's possible to think of it as cheating 2.0. It's kind of a better way to cheat. And the bar for cheating successfully got lowered. Yeah. Now, of course, there's already software that's been introduced to catch it. And we'll talk about that, listeners, at the end of this podcast. But we've just got to beware at, at this point. Uh, it could be the end of education as we currently know yeah. it. Yeah. And, and that it's not the first time that's happened, yeah. right? So you mentioned the example of the calculator. Yeah. Math classes had to learn. How does this change yeah. math class, right? Yeah. Curriculum had to be adjusted. Conversations had to be had. Yeah. We, it became, the, the skill became no longer learning to do it pen and paper, but the skill became how to use the calculator, when to use the calculator. That's how yeah. I learned math growing up in the early 2000s going to school. And we're going to be having, I think, very similar conversations where it's what is this helpful for and what is it not helpful for? Where is it robbing you of an opportunity? Yeah. And where is it expanding your skills and opportunities? Yeah. So, As we talked about this particular podcast, Andrew, you might remember we've talked about maybe helping schools launch well in the fall. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be on board up front, on board up front. So let's talk for just a little bit if we don't do that well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. So I mentioned the Trojan horse. Um, you all remember the story of the Trojan horse, don't you, listeners? Uh, during a standoff between the Greeks and the Trojans, Greek soldiers were able to take the city of Troy after their 10-year fruitless siege. They'd been battling it out and battling it out. And they remember they they build this, they carve out this Trojan horse. It's a big statue of a horse, a wooden one. Yeah. And they climbed inside of it, or at least a bunch of them did. Yeah. Not the whole army. But the Greeks, oh, what a gift. What a gift this is. Yeah. You see where I'm going, listeners? What a gift this is. They welcome it into the city, open up the gates, welcome it in. And of course, in the dark of night, these soldiers climb out, open up the gates from the inside. Everybody gets in yeah. and the city is taken. Um, I don't want to overspeak. I don't want to be uh, too dramatic here. But if we don't get ahead of this, we don't see the possible Trojan horse, we could be uh, sabotaged. We could be uh, ambushed by this under the cover of darkness that we just didn't know 
what was going on. Mm -hmm. So with chat GPT, students no longer need to challenge themselves to write analytical essays on one of Newton's theories on, on physics or to write a book report on Macbeth for literature class. A student could literally wait until minutes before class, just like you alluded to, Andrew, input a request for the length of paper, its style, its content, and have it ready before class begins. No problem that genuine learning never took place. Yeah. No problem that writing skills never really deepened in the process. No problem that zero grit was cultivated. You're not going to develop grit on ChatGPT. No, no, not so much. Uh, and then no problem that it promotes procrastination and laziness. I'll just be honest. Yeah. I would be lazy if that's all I did and I didn't put parameters on it. Yeah. And I think parameters is the right word here, right? Um, because you're about to get into some some ideas for how we use utilize this tool really well. But when you think about, so if you go back to some of the things we've talked about, whether that's the calculator, right? Or we go back to uh, computers or TV yeah. or smartphones, right? All of those things, I think we'd all agree, yeah. have a place in our society. Yeah. We don't want them to be everything, but we do recognize, you know, in this part of, yeah. of what we're doing, this is a great a place for yeah. it to live. And I think that's what we haven't figured out yet. Uh, right now we're letting it, uh, I really think we are letting it be a Trojan horse. We're yeah. just welcoming it in and it's taken over, yeah. right? But what if we could sort of section off part of the city and go, this is where this yeah. tool belongs. Let's let it into that section, right? Yeah. And, and sort of adopt it that way. Time will tell exactly what that looks like. But I think you're pointing to, let's not just let it in fully. Let's yeah. ask some questions about where it belongs and how it can be used and all those things. Maybe it's a tool for brainstorming. Yeah. Maybe it's an aid that we can use to help ourselves uh, improve. Maybe we're leveraging it as a, an additional study aid or teacher aid yes. or something like that. I think there's so many possibilities to what it could look like in the future. We've just got to figure that out. Yep. It's true. So you're about to get to some solutions. Before we do, let's take a really quick ad break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about what do we actually do? What's our game plan? Hey guys, Andrew here. I'd like to talk to you about our curriculum, Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning. Growing up in a post-pandemic world means that many students today are facing new challenges and often don't have the social and emotional skills to handle it all. When students possess skills like self-awareness, impulse control, empathy, teamwork, and responsible decision-making, they're prepared to not only survive, but succeed inside and outside of the classroom. Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning comes in both middle school and high school versions and presents a fun, image-based pedagogy designed to delight and challenge your students. Find out more about how you can get Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning to your school by going to growingleaders.com SEL. All right, we are back. Tim, we've been talking about ChatGPT, some of the dangers it can propose to us, but also how do we do this thing really well? How do we lead our kids really well through it? So yeah. let's get towards that. So this is all about creating a game plan. We don't have 40 steps. We've just got a handful. In fact, four. But um, let's jump into them. Uh, if we don't do this, if we don't approach the fall semester, for instance, or the spring semester, for that matter, uh, with a game plan to use ChatGPT, the achievement gap is only going to worsen because yeah. some kids are going to have great access to it, others not so much. And it may come down to which schools have the capacity to combat essay writing or math problem solving. And while trained teachers can spot a deep fake, if given the chance, that kind of bandwidth is hard to come by with a class size increasing and a shortage of teachers. Both of which are happening. Uh, that's right now. exactly right. Yeah. So can parents play a role in curbing the cheating? I think so. 
perhaps it will be just as hard if both parents are working. Yeah. So I don't even have time. I just got home at eight o'clock and I got to tuck the kids in or whatever. But um, I feel like we've got to find a way. This will not go away. And we don't want to look backwards and say, gee, I wish we would have done something yeah. back in 2023 or whatever. I totally agree. And in addition, I would add some schools are less likely to have the resources to purchase the plagiarism detecting software that we're about to bring up. Yeah. Uh, because they just, uh, we don't have any bandwidth on the budget. Yeah. So let's jump in. These are four steps. And I, I want you to volley back, Andrew. I've, I've got a couple of ideas, but I want you to add your brain. Be my own chat. GPT. I will. Yeah. I'll go. I'll take what you're doing and remix it. I'm cheating. Okay. Number one, (laughs) the first thing I would say educators and parents is um, as the new school year or semester begins, number one, form a partnership between educators and parents and make them aware. Yeah. I think awareness is always step one. Don't assume they know. Don't just send an article out, although that could be part of the solution. Uh, In the face of any new technology, parents and educators need to lock arms and collaborate to offer guardrails. So not roadblocks, but guardrails. See what I did there? I like that. Okay. So we're saying it's probably going to be useful. In fact, I'm sure it's going to be useful, but let's keep you on the right path that you want to be on. So um, we can prevent students from damaging mistakes. As the fall begins, I'm going to suggest you meet to talk about chat GPT and its liabilities and, and abilities. Ensure that guardians understand uh, the current ethical issues and form a pact to work together. I think if we're working together, uh, we're going to get this right. In fact, this sounds terribly self-serving. Please forgive me. Send this podcast out and yeah. and, and have parents listen to it. Yeah, um, That might be helpful. Absolutely. This is essential. And you know this, if any other moral issue came up for your school, yeah. the first thing you would think is we need to let the parents know, yeah. right? Yeah. So why wouldn't we do that this way? And we've been in so many communities. We've seen so many schools yeah. where the healthiest form of the community is when they understand. Um, I was actually just at a school that said, we really think Think of this as a three-legged stool, right? Mm. It's this, it's the student, it's yeah. the teacher and the parent. Yeah. And if we're not all three in sync, the stool's gonna fall over, yeah. right? You've never heard of a two-legged stool before. Yeah. So it, it was them acknowledging it's got we've got to be in sync about what we're doing here. And it's gonna begin by just awareness, conversation, yeah. intentionality. So I think you're speaking exactly to what needs to begin this conversation. Excellent. All right. Number two. Talk to your students about the benefits and dangers of ChatGPT and warn them. So beginning in middle school and high school, I would say, outline a communication plan to address this issue with your students. Help them see the long-term damage that they could do to their own records if they cheat. And what happens down the road if they take shortcuts now? Um, The phrase we always like to use, I think I learned it from John Maxwell years ago, shortcuts don't pay off in the long run. Yeah. Shortcuts don't pay off in the long run. Absolutely. So share stories of past generations who faced dilemmas and made both good and poor decisions. So um, I'm just going to say right up front. Make sure you communicate to your students that you see the up and the downside. Yeah. That you're not just the old fogey, the old grumpy old man that did yeah. it all terrible. Yeah. Let them know, hey, there's, there's going to be some good and there's going to be some bad. Yeah. Let's watch out for the bad. Yeah. We're not saying we hate it just because yeah. it's new, right? Yes. So that might actually even be a good um, uh, thing for a teacher to do or a principal to do at the beginning yeah. of the semester is almost make two columns and go, yeah. where is this good to use? Where is it not good to use? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and even letting students know if... 
uh, if they're planning on uh, utilizing it, mm -hmm. letting them know. I just want you guys to know, we got this brand new software yeah. and we're going to be running every paper yep. through it. So just be aware as yep. you're working on that last minute paper at 11 o'clock at night, what's going to happen yeah. when you turn it in. Um, and I think students just being aware of what the implications are, where mm -hmm. the boundaries are and yeah. the guardrails are to use that terminology is going to help set up everybody for success. Yeah. Right? The last thing you want is a student who uses it not knowing that they're not yes. allowed to. And they yeah. go, well, nobody ever told me yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I remember when Google searches started. Yeah. Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> but um, at first we wondered, will this take away our work ethic? Yep. Well, it sped up our search. So maybe ChatGPT is a way for students, like you just said earlier, to start their brain going yep. in the right direction. Then you do the digging, but it may just accelerate research. Yeah. And in that way, it's very similar to what was going on when I was in school with Wikipedia, right? Yeah. yeah. When I was in high school, oh Wikipedia gosh. was a no-no if yes. you even went on that website. It's not a real source. Exactly. Yeah. Today, I think students are actually encouraged. Start there, look yeah. at some stuff, yeah. follow the footnotes and see what other research it's referring to. So in, in a lot of ways, we need to kind of have that even-handed approach yeah. to this new technology. I think so. All right. Number three, remind everyone, and by that I mean adults and teens, of the value of ethics and moral implications. Yeah. I, I think we don't do this as much in schools because we're afraid, well, there's different religious backgrounds and different, but we all know right and wrong when it comes to cheating or stealing yeah, or whatever. We'd all absolutely. agree. Um, so show them a, 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 a GPS and then a compass. In fact, we like to do this, one yeah. of our habitudes. So a GPS is an instrument that helps navigate directions, right? But a, so is a compass. So um, talk over the difference between the two. A GPS gives you directions if you know the address you wish to visit. A compass helps you to find true north regardless of where you are, even in uncharted territory. So new technology like this is placing us in new territory that requires morals, ethics, and values to navigate our journey. Just say, Kids, don't forget your true north. Yeah. And believe the best about them. Yeah. Then. Yeah. It's so important that you don't just have this conversation from an objective standpoint. That yeah. is really important to say cheating is always wrong, right? Yeah. It just is. But to also give a student a chance to have that kind of personal values conversation as well yeah. with the compass and go, we we all know cheating is wrong. What other values do you have that mm -hmm. you say, I want this to be true about yeah. me no matter the context? I think it's really important that students get brought into that conversation to kind of share what's on their minds. As yeah, well. absolutely. On this podcast, I've shared before that goofy story of my past. Uh, when I was in high school running on the track team, Tom was practicing with us, long distance running. The coaches weren't watching. They were just standing there with a clock on the other side of the track. Yeah. Tom took a shortcut. I mean, by shortcut, I mean he ducked behind the bleachers, oh, yes. didn't run all the laps, joined the rest of us on the, the final end. lap, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he won. Okay. Well, so that was a shortcut. Yep. So in on that day, he won, qualified, but he was not ready for the real meet when mm -hmm. everybody was watching yeah. every lap. Yeah. And you I couldn't think, sneak off. Yeah. Exactly. I think this is a little bit of a picture. In fact, steal it if it's helpful, listeners. Don't duck off behind the bleachers by using this and think, great, I'm ahead. One day, you're going to have an employer. You're going to have a spouse. Yeah. You're going to have friends that realize you didn't get ready for this part of life, did you? Because yeah. you cheated earlier. Yeah. So I just feel like it's key to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. that's right. so good. The last one here, number four, identify software as it becomes available to track the use of chat uh, GPT. So software already exists to avoid detecting if chat GPT. In fact, I'm going to give you some names in just a minute. So get a pad and paper ready if you're not driving, okay? So um, 
stay alert for new software that arises, enabling educators to detect it. Already existing platforms can help, and let me give you some names. Uh, Hugging Face Detector is the name of one, Hugging Face Detector. Uh, Writer is one, W-R-I-T-E-R, and that Chat GPT Zero is the name. And then Microsoft, you mentioned, just launched uh, another platform called Copilot. But all of them are designed to kind of uh, get in there and see this doesn't sound like Johnny's paper yeah, after all. Yeah, these are different tools that would help you integrate it. So yeah. yeah, for a lot of the ones Tim just mentioned, you'll actually be able to take a paper that a student wrote, upload it into here, and it will tell you, I think what it gives you is actually yeah. the percentage of this that they think was written by an AI uh, is what they actually do. Yeah. So you'll get a number back like 78% or whatever, yeah. and that'll let you know the kid probably used you know this to to do that so students should be aware that this, this is, is this is real at the same time as the technology to cheat comes out the technology to catch the cheating also That's comes so out so true yeah so this year we should experience even more apps launching that help caring adults guide kids and detect the misuse of this uh, of this uh, smart technology so uh, can i just remind you before we begin to close out here yeah. andrew listeners we should teach that technology is neither evil or good yeah Television can be good and horrible, both. We all know that now. This is the same. So don't be the grumpy old man or grumpy old woman that isn't embracing any technology. We just need guardrails. Technology is neutral and will accomplish good or bad outcomes based on its use. So it needs to be our servant, not our master. I've said that, oh, I don't know, a million times. Yes. Um, it should be a tool, not a weapon, and the outcomes for our students may just be up to us. Yeah, it's time yeah. that we did not panic, but instead we're just more aware yeah. that this is a new season to practice old skills, right? Yeah. Uh, and in fact, to that end, uh, you and I were just chatting a couple of weeks ago because I was uh, at a recent event, uh, probably a month ago, and I started talking about a book that you and I worked on back in 2017. Yeah. And because of ChatGPT, the th- one of the things that we said in that book became even more relevant all of a sudden. And it was something I've talked about for many years, but when I used, uh, when I said, think about how this applies to chat GPT, the whole audience went, whoa, you're exactly right. So I'd love for you to actually close out our time by going back to that. So the book we wrote was Marching Off the Map. It came out back in 2017. And we were helping, uh, we were helping educators understand how we need to adapt to the changing world that we're in. The world has continued to change since 2017. It's so true. And one of the things that we wrote down was an acknowledgement of how the world has changed and how it might continue to change. And in a lot of ways, ChatGPT is sort of proving our point that we've heard in 2017. Or at least illustrating, for sure. So when you think, folks, about uh, world history, Mm -hmm. uh, humans have gone through different stages of world history where we learn to live our lives differently. So thousands of years ago, we as people were experiencing the agricultural age. Yeah. Most of our jobs were outside and it was agriculture, yep. livestock or land. Yes. Uh, and the key element to thrive in the agricultural age was our muscles. I mean, I'm just being blunt here. Yeah. You know, if you were stronger, you lasted longer yeah. and you were a good farmer. You were good, more helpful. Yeah. Rancher or whatever. That was the agricultural age. Key element, muscles. Yep. Then we moved into the industrial age. Okay. Uh, the enlightenment, the industrial revolution moved us into a time where now it wasn't just about our muscles. In fact, the key element to thrive here was our machines. Yeah. We had conveyor belts and assembly lines and factories, thank yep. you, Henry Ford. Yep. Okay. It wasn't the biggest and the strongest. It was the person who had the best machine or the most effective and efficient machine. That's exactly right. So things were shifting. Then we moved into, even in my lifetime, granted I'm a dinosaur, <laughs> but uh, we moved into the information age. I remember as an elementary school, we're in the information age. Yeah. 
And in the information age, that basically says that most kids as they graduate school are gonna use their minds. Yeah. The key element to thrive in the information age is our minds. Absolutely. Most of us listening would say, yep, I use my brain every day. At least I should yeah. you know, use my brain every day, <laughs> okay? So the agricultural age was the pre-modern era. The industrial age was the modern era. The information age is mostly the post-modern era. Yeah. But I believe we have moved into the intelligence age. Yeah. It's smart technology. Absolutely. Where our technology is smart, our clothes one day will be smart soon. Yeah. Our you speakers know? are smart. That's, that's for right. Sure. Cars yeah. are smart. Yeah. Our house is smart. We're not rich people, but we've got a smart house. You can, with our phone, you turn on the lights, lock the doors, yeah. set the alarm. It's just amazing. So I believe in the intelligence age, the key element to thrive is our morals. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, and I'm not turning this into anything but what it is. We've got to be moral people to navigate this future that is in front of us. Yeah. Ready or not, like it or not, smart technology could make us worse people or better people based on how we, we yeah. manage it. Yeah. So um, it's huge. And um, you reminded me of a quote the other day. Would you close with this quote? And then I'll let you wrap things yeah, up. Yeah, I love this. It says, you can tell a person is smart by their answers. You can tell they are wise by their questions. Yep. And isn't so that true. exactly what we're talking about? What questions are we asking of the smart technology we have yeah. access to? Because ultimately our success, whether or not we're leveraging it well, is mm -hmm. going to come down to how we use it, not just if we use it. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing to remember. Well, Tim, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you for leading this conversation and helping us all think wisely as new technology is coming at us all the time. Uh, if you're looking for ways to help build some skills in your students that are going to be able to help them make better choices, right? Practice that moral intelligence that we were just talking about. I want to commend to you our tool Habitudes, whether it's uh, a book you want to open around the dinner table or a program you want to implement at a school or a university or an athletic program. Habitudes is a great tool tool for that. I would, I would strongly commend to you our Habitudes for Social and Emotional Learning program. It's going to cover all of the soft skills students need in order to be ready for real life. So that if you want to find out more about that, you go to our website. It's www.growingleaders.com slash SEL. Uh, growingleaders.com slash SEL. You can find out more information about our middle school and high school program. Well, as always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you found this podcast particularly helpful, maybe there's a parent or a teacher or someone else who you think needs to uh, engage with it, we invite you to share that with them. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, we invite you to shoot those over to us, whether it's something you think we should talk about or a person you think we should interview shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those. Tim, thank you once again for leading this conversation. Thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time.